0: Welcome to College QA. I'm Justin Myrick, and recently my son Drake said I need new intro music. So let's do this. Hey, Dad, how about some college questions? Let's hear them. All right, we're live with our latest episode of College Questions. We're so glad you guys are listening in. I'm excited about today's question, which is, what is discipleship? It's a great question, and I look forward to diving into it. And I'm excited about our guest uh, that we have with us today. This man serves as the BCM campus minister of Henderson State University, Got a lot of respect for this man and appreciate all the ways that he serves and blesses his city and the state and just making a difference for Christ all around the world. So please welcome to the podcast, Jared Farley. Jared, thanks for coming on today, man.
1: Yeah, appreciate it, Myrick. Uh, glad you asked me to jump on and, and thanks for the intro uh, man. love you and the work you're doing as well. So appreciate it.
0: Well, man, we uh, are excited about the podcast. It's been fun to explore a variety of questions, and I really like this one because discipleship is something that you do hear a lot about, and there's a lot of different perspectives on there. And I know you have a big heart for this, and so I'm excited to hear your wisdom on it. And so, what do you think, man? Where what do you where do you go with what is discipleship?
1: Sure, yeah, and, and we were talking before, and, and we both know this is a man a question you can spend, you know. Maybe a year doing podcasts on, but um, <laughs> for sure, uh, I'm going to start off. I, I think what will be helpful is just to tell my story for just a few okay. minutes, um, yeah. Because that'll, I think that will help the audience understand why I'm passionate about discipleship and why mm. I think everyone should make this their their mission. Of course, besides, obviously, the foundation is loving God and loving others, but. I think one of the best ways we do that is through this thing that we call discipleship. So I'll just tell my story pretty briefly. But, um, you know, as you said, I work at Henderson State at the BCM and uh, I've been here a little while. So I grew up in the Dallas, Texas area, a town called McKinney. And uh, I grew up okay. going to church. Uh, my, my parents were divorced, but uh, both of them took me to church regularly. Uh, I still saw my mom and my dad. So, Um, They both invested in my life. But I would say at the very best, we were probably um, a a nominal Christian family. Like we would go to church. We would be there on Sundays. We would be there maybe some other times of the week, Uh, but it really wasn't talked about or discussed past that much in my life. Uh, And so, uh, and, and I feel like a lot of students I meet have a similar story. And so Growing up, uh, I got baptized at a young age, but man, in middle school and most of my high school years, uh, I I didn't know what it meant to to actually follow Jesus, right? I thought, you know, checking off the boxes of going to church, of being a good person, trying not to do bad things, man, I thought I had my bases covered. Uh, And then uh, in my high school year, probably around my junior year, uh, that started to the the mindset started to change for me because uh, and I can only describe it as the Holy Spirit really drawing me into a better understanding. So I I was searching at that time in my life because, you know, just some things were in turmoil in high school as much as they could be. Right. Like, you know, sports maybe weren't going well. And, you know, my girlfriend at the time wasn't, you know, maybe treating me right. Whatever. Right. So that's the turmoil for me as a high schooler, but uh, you yeah. know what it did in my life was it it you know pushed me to reevaluate my spiritual life because it wasn't working, right? Like I say that and uh, you know I went to church I I tried to do the right things but man there was something missing and I was like this this can't be all there is right like and so hmm. basically God called me back to an understanding of man it's not about these activities that you do but it's about relationship with me. Uh, but I mm-hmm. had to discover that somewhat on my own because no one, and we'll talk more about this specifically later, but no one discipled me right in high school. No one came mm-hmm. alongside me and helped me understand what a, a true relationship with Jesus looked like. Uh, and so, uh, essentially in, in that time, kind of the later years of my high school life, I, uh, I guess you'd call it a rededication or really a, maybe an awakening to, okay, man, it's not just about praying a prayer. Uh, it's not just about, uh, you know, going to church or doing the right things, but man, it's about having a relationship. So, you know, yeah. fast forward a little bit to my senior year. I'm I'm graduating. I'm getting ready to go off to college and I'm sending out, you know, my tape for sports. I love playing sports. You know, I was a basketball and football player in high school, and so um, I wanted to play in college in Henderson State in Arkadelphia, Arkansas, a place that I had never heard of. I had never stepped foot in the state of Arkansas before I came <laughs> on an official visit to Henderson State, uh, a town of 10,000 people from my DFW area of, you know, <laughs> millions. Um, and so I came on the campus. I made a visit, and, and remember, at this time in my life, I had a renewed passion to follow Jesus, so I was completely open to say, "All right, God, literally, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, I'm I'm going to do it." Right, and so I was just mm. wide open, and, and so that's the only thing I can you know imagine of why I ended up at Henderson State was because I, I think God kind of directed my path there. And looking mm. back, you know, 10, 11 years later, it's easy to see because as soon as I stepped on campus. Right. I was on the football team and, um, you know, I can remember there's probably five, maybe 10 other guys out of 100 plus that were even trying to follow Jesus or even, mm. you know, really were seeking after spiritual things. And so you would think, yeah, that's a recipe for disaster. Right. Like, man, we don't want to throw this guy into that environment with the with the, you know, new found faith that he has. but. You know what? God did some work, man. Um, as yeah. I was on the football team, I was able to share Christ, to lead Bible studies, uh, to to see some of my teammates come to Christ. Uh, I mean, it was yeah. a pretty incredible time. But the reason why that happened is because when I got to college, I got involved in the BCM, the Baptist Collegiate Ministry. And I was discipled by a guy named Neil Nelson. Uh, yeah. And funny story how I met Neil. Uh, I was playing basketball in the gym one day. Just Hanging out, doing what I do. It was like a, a late night session. And and I got on the court, and, and I remember, I was a pretty good athlete. And so I always loved doing this stuff. And so I got out there and I started playing. And uh, halfway through the game, I looked across from me, and there was, I was like, man, who's this old guy guarding? Me? You know, I was like, what is going on? Because at the time, he was probably in his 40s. And I was like, this guy shouldn't be out here playing, and so we kept going. And this dude kept pestering me all the way up and down the court, man, like giving me a bump here or there, like you know, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, "What is going on here? Like, who is this guy, and you know, why is he out here playing <laughs> basketball?" And so we stopped playing. Like we, I think, you know, the game ended. Uh, we probably won because again, Neil, you know, wasn't in the best shape at the time. But I found yeah. out later that's not obviously why he was playing. And so we go and we sit down on the side and Neil comes over and he strikes up a conversation with me and I'm like, wow, I'm just interested. And so he starts asking me questions like, you know, about my spiritual life, getting to the spiritual conversations. And I'm like, okay, I mean, I don't know what, what's going on with this guy, but you know what? I'm hungry. Right. At that point, I was hungry in my life to grow. And so I just, I just soaked in the relationship that Neil and I built. So he started inviting me. And some other athletes to hang out with him, go to lunch, read the Bible, study the word, pray. And so over the course of the next couple of years, Neil discipled me. He, he took me under his wing. He helped me understand what it means to follow Jesus. So he showed me how to read the Bible, how to pray, how to share the gospel, how to have a family one day. Man, he brought me in. Neil's got six kids, a uh, great family. So I was around his family a lot hanging out, learning what it meant to to follow Christ among the family. And so I say all that to say, uh, I work at the BCM, but, you know, I've been in Arkadelphia for about 10 years, a little bit more than that. Because I started school, my freshman year was in 2009. And so after oh, I graduated, Neil invited me to work at the BCM with him. And So I was, I worked part time with him for a couple of years. And then he eventually transitioned to a church in Virginia. And then I took over full time. And so I've been here working at the BCM for, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years. You know, I lose track, but uh, around that time frame, man. So I've been here a while. And basically what I do now is I just do what Neil did with me, with lots of students on campus, Hmm. right? I take the discipleship that he invested in me and I pass it down to other students. And hopefully Hmm. what happens if, if discipleship is, I think, happening in the right way, then other students are going to start doing that with others. And it's going to be a process Um, that changes our campus. hmm. And so, you know, Justin, I started with that story because um, it just, I think really shows why I'm so passionate about discipleship and why I think in in a sense, this is the lost mission of the church, the lost mission of people who follow Christ. Like this hasn't been a focus but I feel like there's somewhat of a rejuvenation, right? A revival in discipleship coming along. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. And man, that's my story. Um, and that's really why I'm so passionate about this topic.
0: No, that's great, man. And I love, I love how uh, you had a question in high school, like, you know, what more is there uh, to this? And, you know, God and His sovereignty. Got you to Henderson State and, right. uh, playing basketball with this in your mind, old man, which is funny because now we'll get there and be like, hey, that wasn't so old. Oh, exactly. But but I love it. And, you know, you mentioned a couple things in there that that I thought was uh, just incredible that he's like, hey, let's let's go read the Bible. Let's uh, let's learn how to pray. Let's learn how to tell people about Jesus. Um, cause I've had the thought lately, I don't, I don't think following Jesus is complicated. I, it's extremely difficult, mm. but it's not complicated. It's like, let's, let's read the word. Let's talk yeah. about what these, what this looks like. And what were other elements just as far as when you look back at that time he spent with you, what are some key things that he passed on to you that you love to pass on to other students?
1: Yeah, man, I love what you said. And I think you're right on the money. Um, Just some of those basic things that I think about is that, man, Neil just showed me at the foundational level uh, what it means to walk with Christ every day, uh, because Mm. I think that's what you need. And so he showed me, Mm. man, this is what reading the Word looks like. Uh, Not a complicated process, but this is what consistently reading the Word can do in Mm. your life. Uh, This is what prayer looks like. Uh, You Mm. know, we prayed a lot together at meals, in the mornings, you know, out other places, praying for people. So lots of different Mm. aspects of prayer. Yeah, Um, And then I'd say, man, those are obviously the basics, but a few other things that I think made Neil such a good discipler and and such a guy who I still love um, is, man, he was just honest and transparent to the core. Mm. Like there was no formality with Neil Nelson, man. He was a guy who was real. And man, that helped me so much because, part of what I thought sometimes even growing up in church culture was that if you're going to disciple someone or if you're going to follow Christ, if you're going to be in ministry, you know, if you're going to be a good Christian, you have to have things together. Like you, Mm. your life has to be, you know, looking good and whatever definition that means for different people. But Neil showed me so realistically that man, Following Christ is like you said, it's hard and your life is not going to look perfect. Uh, there's mm-hmm. going to be lots of seasons and struggles in your life. And Neil was perfectly honest about that, uh, about yeah. man, Maybe there's seasons that he, he really didn't feel like reading the word or praying, or he wasn't mm-hmm. doing that very well. Or there were troubling times sometimes with maybe he is having conflict with his wife and he's working that out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, man, you know, it's, it's hard for me right now to show love to her. Or there's times where he's mm-hmm. like, you know, I missed it, Jared. You know, there was a chance I had to. But
0: he let you shared, in, man. right? He let yeah. me in,
1: man. He was just open mm. to it, and he mm. was. It was no pretending. He wasn't like, man, I've got this all together and it's all good. It's like, man, it's just a process. That well, and it's so helpful
0: because, yeah, and I've. Um, you're right, man. Because if you're part of the other, where it is, and I, it's almost, you have to be intentional to be transparent or else what's communicated the enemy sly, right? He'll, the thing that's left unsaid is what he'll put in somebody's mind. Like, all right, so you're supposed to look exactly like this and have none of these other things going. And so then what happens, it's, it's like a, a couple who, um, you know, when they get married, they, you know, the, the, you do pre-marriage counseling, you know, a couple will answer questions like, Oh my uh, my partner could never do anything to make me question my love for them, right? Like like they're kind of in the dream world and then they get married and it's like, oh, wait a second. Um, Yeah, I don't really like how this has happened. So and then conflict and you got to learn to work through that. My point is like just that expectation of having that reality for you, man, was probably really healthy to go, okay, this is real life. And seeing him process through and work through those things, man, that's, I can imagine how beneficial that was because a lot of times people don't get that. They don't have the privilege to, that of someone being transparent with them enough. And so they're kind of left... Like, you know, for the couple example that gets married and starts fighting, they're like, wait, is our marriage falling apart? Or is right. this supposed to be happening? Because maybe they don't realize this is kind of part of it. Not in a, You know what I'm saying? It's like conflicts, sure. not necessarily a bad thing. It's how how are we handling with them? If you're sharing life with somebody, there's probably going to be some conflict. No, well, no, I would man. argue that kind of should be, right? Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's, just, secret, it's just right? how we respond to it. So I, that's really cool that he gave you that example and, and let you see that part of his life because that's going to, I mean, how how much has that blessed you when you've had similar struggles in your life? You know, instead of questioning everything, you're like, "All right, this is, I, it's okay." You know, oh, I, I sure. can work through this. God can work. You know, yeah, There's it such normalized a it for me, me, no doubt, man.
1: And and that's yeah, you know, he, he did an excellent job with that, among other things. But that's one of the things that I remember uh, most clearly about him, and and just you know, just living out that truth that. You know, we are weak. Right. And and Mm. God, in our weakness, his grace is made complete in us. And so Mm. it's his grace that continues to sustain us to help us build and grow a relationship with him. Uh, But then also even our ministry to other people. And so that was that was Mm. a big help for me for sure.
0: So, you know, just to listen and check some key elements. I know transparency is one of those that you were shown by Neil and you in turn want to show to others. Um, you know, staying in the word, getting in the word. What does this look like on a daily basis? Because you're right, man. I mean, so many people fall into the trap of they only get in the word, um, in the spiritual settings, like a church service, which is great. We love that. I I work at a church. I'm thankful for a church, but, but you want people to get in the word outside of those times. And so teaching someone to do that is, is so beneficial. Uh, what, what are in prayer? We talked about that. What other key elements do you, were you thankful for um, that you've learned to pass on as well?
1: Yeah, I think another thing for sure, besides those, um, I think foundational things, I mean, um, another thing I would think about would be just learning how to share your faith with others. And so mm-hmm. this, of course, I think is, uh, again, you, you may have had or will have, I'm sure, podcasts talking about evangelism, but it's one of those topics that I think is is probably hard for most Christians. Uh, and so part of what was passed on to me was just how to do that. And so it was really modeled for me. So a lot of times uh, Neil and I would go to the cafeteria together. And so we would grab our, grab our trays, grab our meals, and <laughs> we'd go and sit down with students. And Neil was just modeling for me, okay, hey, we're building a relationship here. And we are, you know, just going to try to get into conversations with people about spiritual things. Or we would go out on campus uh, and do that as well. And so and he mm. modeled that by actually not just saying like, hey, you know, you should do this, right? The Bible says to do this. But like, no, you know, come with me as I go and do this. And together we'll learn mm. uh, how to do this. And I think that's, that's awesome. a huge thing. Uh, just the discipleship in general is just modeling. Right? So if you're trying to teach someone how to read the word and pray and, and have time with God every day, man, invite them to do it with you. <laughs> right, Say, okay, hey, this week we're going to together read the word and pray. So you need to block out you know, 30 minutes of your day to come and hang out with me, and I'm going to show you how to do this. I'm going to let you in. Mm-hmm. Right, Or if it's sharing the gospel, same kind of thing. All right, today, man, we're going to go out, and we're going to go to the cafeteria or wherever, and then we're going to try to strike up some gospel conversations with people so that modeling aspect, mm. I think, is, is just critical when
0: you're trying to decide. I remember ah. um, years ago. Oh, man, this would have been 15 years ago or something. I was working with Mark Powell Freeman here. He was the college pastor. Uh, I think I was getting ready to head for my journeyman uh, within a few months. But he had popped his head in my office one day and said, man, can I give you some wisdom? And I was like, it was one of those things where you could tell something on his mind. And I was like, I mean, sure. I, wisdom sounds good. Sure. Uh, and he, he just said, I've done too much of my ministry alone. <laughs> like I naturally default to just doing things. He's like, man, find ways to invite people with you when you do things. And I thought that was such practical advice. And it's, it's a picture of exactly what you're describing of, man, inviting people to go with you as you're learning to obey you know, invite others with, I think it was a small thing you said, but I love it when you um, said Neil was like, Hey, let's go do this and we'll learn together. Oh yeah. Dude, that, that's such a great statement because it shows a humility that, Hey, it's not like, I think part of the failure we have in discipleship is we feel like we have to be an expert on subject A, B, whatever. And we're not right. Like we're all figuring it out. And I love the invitation to say, hey, like, let's go figure this out together. We'll learn together. That's, man, that's really cool. I love that.
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, that's a, a, one other thing I'd mention is just the attitude that you have when you mm. uh, disciple someone. And, and like you said, if, if your attitude is, hey, I'm the guy who's got all the answers and you should be blessed to learn from me, your discipleship <laughs> is, is not going to last and it's not going to go very yeah. far. Um, yeah. And so I think having the right attitude Right. Of saying, hey, man, I just want to be obedient to help you grow and come Mm. join me as we grow together. Because part of, Mm. you know, being in a discipleship relationship with someone is, you know, having that attitude of, okay, yes, obviously there's lots of things that that I'm going to help you with because I've been there. But it's not like I'm not growing during this time either. Right. Like, Mm. you know, we're doing this together. And so that puts you in a, Mm -hmm. a posture of humility, like you said, Um, and also one that's just realistic to say, you know what, God, like, I only know this because someone taught me and we only Mm -hmm. understand this because of your grace shown to us. And Mm -hmm. so we need to offer that to others as well. And so, you know, Neil, especially, and then other guys in my life, uh, humility is a huge aspect of
0: that for sure. Well, I love how you're laying out, you know, we haven't even gotten into specific, you know, I feel like one thing I've, um. I guess been discouraged by over the years with discipleship has sometimes come up that people have like a quote unquote model. Right. And they put the emphasis more on kind of what you do and the model of it rather than what I think is a much more wise approach, which is what you're doing. You're establishing principles of posture and attitude and invitation to come alongside and invite someone alongside of you that the, what you do. I mean, if you think about it, um, the key was the key kind of root word of a disciple is learner. Is that yes. right? Is that yeah. kind of, yeah. Oh, yeah. so to learn, um, right? Like how am I learning? When am I learning? Um, and so I, I just love how it's kind of approaching that angle of, of foundational truths that are helpful if we'll take on. Sure. Uh, and that's yeah. one question I have. I wanted to ask you is like, when, when does discipleship take place? <laughs> You know, I'm oh, curious it, what you think about that. Yeah,
1: no, great question, man. Um, and uh, let me just uh, give a quick definition of discipleship, too, that I have written down that I think could help okay. our audience as we answer this question. So your question is, when does it take yeah. place? And so here's a quick definition that I kind of operate by. And like you said, man, like I am a guy who is, you know, practical, straightforward. Um, you know, I'm a pretty disciplined guy. And so yeah. I like to have simple reproducible definitions and things that I do that anyone can take and run with. So, um, you know, my simple definition of discipleship, and I've got two that I work with. Here's one that I love to tell people because like you said, man, sometimes people can make this so complicated and it's really not. Uh, um, discipleship is simply helping others follow Jesus,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. right? Like that's, that's mm-hmm. one simple definition. And if you want to yeah. want a little bit more in depth, I think I got this one from Mark Dever. He he wrote a book called Discipling. That's a short book. That's, you know, a decent read. But uh, his definition, which, you know, I've kind of used at different times, is deliberately doing spiritual good to someone so that they will be more like Christ. And so I kind of operate off of those two simple definitions because I want something that's not complicated because, you know, Justin, I love what you said earlier. If someone gets it in their mind that discipleship is it's too complicated and you have to have this certain system to do it, then it's not going to be Mm. accomplished. Right? Mm. (laughs) Like, so I want it to be so transferable for people to do that. Anyone can say what I do. They say, man, that's not that hard. I can do it. And I say, you're right. You can. (laughs) So again, those are my (laughs) definitions of discipleship. One, helping others follow Jesus. And then the second one, you know, and it kind of goes along with it, deliberately doing spiritual good to someone so that they will be more like Christ.
0: Um, No, that's so
1: yeah, it kind of gets to your question. So I'll answer this kind of, you know briefly said, when does discipleship happen? I think it could happen anytime and all the time. (laughs) Mm, So sometimes we like to say, um, Oh, okay. So I'm going to go to my discipleship meeting. And so you're talking Mm. about an hour meeting or a two hour meeting. Maybe that's on a Sunday morning, uh, Wednesday night, or maybe that's at a lunchtime. And you say, well, this is when discipleship happens. When I go to this meeting, with these people and we do this Mm. curriculum. And and yes, for sure, discipleship happens in those meetings. But I would say the most transformative times of discipleship in my life have been the unplanned times. Like Mm. when I, you heard in my story earlier, right? Neil was discipling Mm -hmm. me on the basketball court, right? Mm. We played together. (laughs) And one of the Mm. things I noticed about Neil was that he was always encouraging people on the basketball court. Play,
0: hmm.
1: right and that was unlike me because i was a freshman in college and i was uh very competitive so the last thing yeah, i wanted they're to they're do like, on the yeah. basketball court was compliment other people and That's so awesome. um i i noticed that i observed that and then when the game was over mm. we sat down and we started talking and he just asked me questions so was mm. that discipleship yeah i, I think it yeah, was i think so right yeah, Absolutely. I mean, uh, and so, and this is kind of a few more notes that I have jotted down that I love to kind of tell people and share with my students, but I think there's two types of discipleship in, in the church. and in, in general, we like to focus on one aspect, which is formal discipleship, right? This is like a scheduled time that you meet, a class that you take, a Sunday school, a small group, you know, whatever it is. That's That's like a formal time of discipleship where you're meeting together, yeah. you've got maybe a planned curriculum that you're doing or certain things that you're reading together. And that's great. I I think definitely that is discipleship, but Mm. there's another aspect and obviously it's informal. So that's man, when you're riding in the car together to go to Walmart, that's when you're hanging out at someone's house, eating dinner or lunch. That's when you're Mm. playing a sport together. Uh, That's when you're, you know, walking to class, whatever it might be, right? And so I think, Mm -hmm. uh, to your question, when does discipleship happen, I think it happens best when both of these are in place, right? Mm. When you have formal times of discipleship, but you also combine it with informal. Now, the informal takes a little bit of time to learn because Mm. it, it takes time for you to realize, okay, anything that I'm doing can be incorporated and be a part of discipling someone else and helping them. Uh, but you have mm-hmm. to be purposeful about making those times like that. And so mm-hmm. Neil purposefully took time to come and just sit next to me after the game and start talking about spiritual things. Mm-hmm. right? And if he would have just let that moment go by, then it wouldn't have happened. But he was purposeful in saying, OK, I'm going to use I'm going to redeem this time for a discipleship time and I'm going to combine both mm-hmm. of these together. And so, and I love the question, Justin, but
0: what about you, man? I mean, uh, what would you think about those times? I know you probably, uh, no, I I absolutely, um, wholeheartedly just am in agreement with you because, and I think those times feed one another, the formal and informal. And I think they're both valuable and important because if I think about it real simply in the sense of when Jesus gave the great commission, make disciples of all nations, You know, and then he said, how baptize them in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I think of evangelism, right? That's what and uh, teaching them to obey all I have commanded you. And if someone's teaching, somebody's out there learning. And hopefully we're all learning like to our point earlier right like we're all learning hmm. to obey um i don't think we ever arrive in a sense of like oh hey i got that one figured out like yeah definitely. i think that's what is it first corinthians 12 uh, i can't remember it's like so if you think you're staying so if you think you're standing firm be careful that you don't fall sure. this kind of things is like so i think the beauty of it is in the simplicity of it is it's recognizing that my opportunity to love God is through obedience, according to Jesus, right? In John 14, 21. So how do I learn to obey? Well, as I go to formal things, like I, I've even had the thought like, um, man, sitting under preaching. I mean, if it's a church where, I mean, and I know these are becoming more rare, but thankfully we are connected to churches where they're going to proclaim God's word. right? Well, if I'm paying attention and I'm listening to the commands and I'm processing those, then it could be. That outside of that time, I consider that and I meditate on that. And in those informal settings, God is getting my attention and try to help me see how that practically works in my life. Or I found myself in a situation, in an informal situation, and maybe I missed an opportunity. And I'm in a formal setting, a Bible study or something, where now I'm reading God's Word and it's instructing me and the Holy Spirit is helping me realize that opportunity I missed or this thing I've... Whatever happened, you know, um, oh, what's the James one? Uh is it nineteen? Every, uh my dear brothers take note of this, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Yeah, that's it. well, I've been guilty in my home of the opposite of those things. Right? <laughs> yeah. I've been For quick sure. to speak. Well, it's like in an informal setting, like in that, like in a real life situation with real relationships and real people, and you fail and you end up in a formal setting where you're getting exposed to the word of God and it's it's showing you that reality like hey this is your this is the command and I'm trying to teach you how to obey it. I'm trying to disciple you. I mean I mean obviously I think the Holy Spirit is the best discipler of all. Right? I mean that's what Jesus said he would do. He would remind us of all these truths. And certainly he uses he could do it just with that, but you're right. He uses people and us one another. Sure. And so I I love what you're saying about formal and informal, because I think it's recognizing both of those. And so many people do default to only looking for the formal. And so it's, I've got to, and then they make the mistake of feeling like they always have to be in that kind of setting right. to learn anything. I was like, well, wait a second. Cause I heard you say earlier, if I heard you right, you're, biggest life lessons came in the informal yeah or or maybe the connection the biggest connections you made was that fair to say is that and i agree with you like i agree now and i'm not denying the value of the formal man those things are incredibly important and you know obviously and honestly man since we planted hello church man god has taught me more of the significance of the bride of christ and the church and how to connect and serve and like the beauty of that and so those are incredibly valuable um however, there's I mean, how much of the week do we spend in those settings? The majority of our week is out in the informal, right? right? And so I love that you pointed that out, and we're intentional to say that because man, it's so it's so uh, true to just our life and and learning to and I, I like how you said the informal takes time, and it's kind of an art and a skilled art you learn over time to observe and to learn from in all those moments man i yes i absolutely agree um and have just seen that um so real in my life even recently uh we had a so funny story we we uh bought some uh chickens and we built a chicken coop at the house so we got four kids at the house and he's trying to go off the grid
1: or something huh
0: Man, we're trying to, uh, you know, I don't know. It was, it was a COVID thing. We're like, we need to do something. What yeah, can we yeah. do? Uh, we we got to build something and bring some new life to the house. That's so cool, man. We brought these chickens. It was fun, and it is fun. But we had a sad uh, story where uh, some of the chickens got out, and one of them got, well, we couldn't find them. And we went over to find one of the, the chickens, and it was just, it was dead, man. I, what, I think it got two of them and whatever took one of them to eat and just, you know, just the other one was just laying there dead. And man, my boys are, st- <laughs> they come up and they see it. And, you know, this is real life situation. And we just had a discussion about death and, you know, the yeah. sadness of it and the reality of it. And it was, but it was kind of a cool moment, even though it was a, a sad moment. Yeah, definitely. It was a teachable moment. Mm-hmm. And to your point, I mean, that was a, I'm I'm trying in my life to pay very close attention to the teachable moments because though they're all around but a lot of times I miss those right because either I'm too consumed with what I'm supposed to go to next or my mind's just not fully aware of where I am but um so I love how you said it's an art cuz I mean I just absolutely agree with that like learning to pay attention to those informal both what I'm being taught and like you said um how did you define that's, that second definition, the Dever quote, what was that?
1: Yeah, so deliberately doing spiritual good to someone so they will be more like Christ.
0: Yeah, like even seeing the opportunity to take initiative to do that. Yes. Right? Yeah, That is, you know, that's a big step. And learning to see those things is incredibly important. So, I no, I love that, man. And I, I think you're right. Like to your point, when does it happen? Yeah, it, it can happen anywhere and everywhere. And you know, I think the 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 art of life is learning to pay attention to God. What are you trying to show me right now? Yeah. Um, so, and that's hard sometimes. You know, I mean, I think there's a I, I should have this psalm memorized because I preached from it last year. But it was a, the very first start of it is a, "Teach me, O oh Lord." And I thought, uh, man, how many times? And, and it was convicting to me, bro, because. I don't know how many times in my life I've stopped and and just literally said, okay, God, teach me. Mm, God, will you teach me in any variety of situations? Sure. And I think, um, you know, because if I'm not doing that, how am I going to help somebody else? But if I'm doing that, I kind of get excited to, not that I've got it figured out, but that I'm learning. I can get excited about helping others come joining me in that learning process. So I love it, man. Well, man, what other you know, uh, thoughts do you have just in the realm of discipleship, you know, for listeners listening in saying, man, you know, I want to be involved in this. Yeah, yeah, You know, what does this look like? What, what kind of encouragement would you give to a student, um, who says, man, I, I, I feel like I'm not a part of this. I want to be a part of this. What do you, what do you recommend to that student?
1: Sure. Yeah. So if it's a, if it's a student, someone, uh, looking to be disciple to be in a relationship like this, uh, and then I can probably also talk a little bit more, about maybe people who want to start to do this with others but mm. if, if you're a student or someone in a church you know looking to be discipled man, mean I would say first just pray right uh, ask God because God wants this right uh, I, again I think um, this is his mission for the church the Great Commission we talked about that there's there's tons of verses mm. uh, you know about uh, discipleship right one of my favorite ones 2 Timothy 2-2 Heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, trust the reliable mm-hmm. people who will also be qualified to teach others. Uh, and so we know this is God's heart, right? He wants discipleship mm-hmm. to happen. He wants disciples mm-hmm. to grow in their love for God and others. And he wants us to continue to the ends of the earth. And so if you're praying and desiring this to happen, you'll be surprised how God will answer the prayer. Uh, mm-hmm. And so pray. Uh, ask God for him to do this. But then you also have to put in a little work, right? Like God may Mm. let you be the answer to your prayer. So Mm. um, first and foremost, man, your church. Uh, I hope if you're wanting to be discipled, you're involved in a local church that is teaching the Mm. Bible, that is, you know, caring for you spiritually. And so look in your local church, right? See if there is a group of people, uh, a few people that you think would be able to do this. Uh, and so you might want to talk to your pastor, your youth pastor, your college pastor, your missions pastor. I, I don't know who it might be. Um, but if you come to someone like that and say, hey, I want to be discipled. I want to grow in my faith. Man, that's, that's music to a pastor or minister's ears. And so they will, uh, I'm confident and hopeful that they will help you facilitate that. Or if you're in your church and you look around, Man, just think and look around and see, like, examine people's lives and think, man, I want to be like that, right? Like, if you see a guy in your church or or a lady in your church that's kind and loving and treats their family well, and and when you hear them talk, they talk about having love for God's word. Like, if, if you know someone like that, if you've seen someone like that, Man, I would say, be so bold to approach them and to say, hey, can I read the Bible with you sometime? Can we get lunch together? I want to learn from you, right? Like something as simple as that, which will take initiative on your part, I think can lead to, to, man, just the fruitful relationship uh, of discipleship that can happen. So that's what I'd say for someone kind of searching out and wanting to be disciples.
0: No, that's awesome i love that man pray and then practically look for like just observe people man i thought man what a cool practical thing to do and if you see something somebody do something well you know god's probably taught them some things on that yeah, for definitely. sure All right so why not go to them and ask like hey would you teach me like how you learned this and I, I feel like i saw you do this and i'm just really intrigued by that i'm i feel like i'm weak in this area would you you mind you know can we get together sometime and you just you know you could start with one meeting right and exactly who knows where it goes from there but that I love that picture of just making observations um and then being willing to take the initiative and saying hey like would you show me like how you do that <laughs> that's, that's great sure. I like for that sure.
1: um, that's awesome yeah, man. Man. and then you know I would also just want to give a word for people who would say okay man I, I I know I should do this right i I'm you know in on the idea of discipleship of helping others follow Jesus so man, how should I do this? And so I just want to give some encouragement out there to some students or people listening that, that would say, man, I don't know where to start. And I just want to tell you, as Justin and I have talked, man, don't, don't make it too complicated, okay? So here's two questions you should ask that I, I'm going to answer for you right now is uh, who should you invest in and how should you do it? Who should you invest in and how should you do it? Um, we're talking about discipleship. So the first question, who should you invest in? Uh, Justin, I think you've heard this before in some of your your audience may have as well, but uh, you can't disciple everyone, right? Like Jesus gave an mm-hmm. invitation and select people chose to accept the invitation. And there's many people in the Gospels that denied the invitation of Jesus' mm-hmm. discipleship and His way of life. And so we know in general that there are going to be many people that reject um, Jesus. And I would say even further and in, in this, you know, we don't have time to get into it in the pod, but you know just yeah. our cultural christianity i think a lot of people mm. even though they may be a part of the church and i would say they may have a genuine relationship with jesus they are also not participating in his mission of discipleship mm. um, and so i would say you have to be you know selective of the people that you will invest in and so there's an acronym uh, you need to find fat people okay So F-A-T, right? And again, some of you may have heard this before, but those uh, three letters just stand for three characteristics that you want to look for people in that you're investing in, okay? So the first one, the F, just stands for faithful, right? So you want to find people that are, uh, if you're thinking about who to disciple, who to join in a group together to grow, find people that are faithful, man, that show up to things um, that are faithful to reading the word, faithful to serving. I mean, just think about the people in your life that are like that or people that you see. Um, the, the second letter would be uh, available. All right. So again, some people may be faithful. They may show up at things. They may uh, be a part of the church. They, they may be there when the doors are opened and, and they're committed, but and they really aren't available. So they don't have the time or they don't want to make the time to set aside, to meet, and to be discipled, and to be a part of a group that is growing together. Uh, and so that's another characteristic. And then the last one, which I think personally is, is going to be the most important, is the T stands for teachable, right? So we want to invest and find people that are willing, again, as we said earlier, to be in the place of humility that will say, I I have a lot to learn, and I want to learn. I want to be teachable. I want to be To use a sports term, I want to be coachable. You know, I I want to take direction because if we begin to start to disciple someone and invest in someone that is not teachable, uh, then it's not going to go well, right? I've had people that I've tried to invest in before that maybe I've misjudged them or misread them and they're just not teachable. And so they're not going to grow. Uh, And So again, we're just looking for people to invest in that are going to be faithful, available, teachable. And again, these are just some guidelines. And so um, it's not always going to, they're not always going to be perfect in all these areas.
0: Uh, Yeah, for sure.
1: You know, uh, again, that's kind of it. And and Justin, I'd love to hear what you would say on that level about who you should invest in. Because I'm sure you've probably heard that acronym before.
0: Yeah, no. And I think, you know, obviously you're right, man. Um, Jesus chose the 12 and he was strategic in that. and. You know, obviously they were scratching their head a lot of the time too, wondering what yeah. is going on. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, uh it's such a great lesson. I do, you know, I'm like you, man, I've had people um, that I've, I felt like God was asking me to invest in and I did. And either I got burned in the sense that like they kept finding reasons they wouldn't show up. It was like, man, yep. I'm just going to eat by myself, I guess, today, For sure. Uh, you know, uh, that happens. Um, and so then I question it, like, man, you know, and I've, I I kind of came to peace with, okay, Lord, um, yes, I agree with what you're saying. I, I also I think what gives me peace, kind of, I guess the uh, the underlying kind of foundation for me right now in my life is I want to invest in the people that God calls me to invest in. Sure. And that way, it takes the it takes the weight off of me trying to figure out kind of where they are on some things, but don't get me wrong. Like I'm identifying those things. Cause obviously like if someone wants those things, but they're not making time, they kind of, it, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So there's absolute wisdom in what you're saying. I'm with you.
1: I'm yeah, just kind of, no. my
0: train goes down the, you know, God, who kind of asking the question. In fact, I think you threw that out there. Like who, I think you asked it, like who, um, who are you going to invest in? Is that right?
1: Yeah. Who should you invest
0: in? It, Who should you invest in? So I would, I would phrase the question like, God, who do you want me to invest in? Mm -hmm. And then trust him. Uh, Because sometimes I might be like, really? Like that person? (laughs) Okay. You know? And I mean, but you you know, let's be honest. Sometimes you get surprised. Have you not had people that you thought, all right, there ain't no way this brother's going to be faithful. (laughs) No doubt. And they end up being one of your strongest leaders. Or you've got somebody that shows up freshman year and they are just you're just rocking it and you're like this person's amazing and then they disappear. You're like, "Wait, what happened? It, <laughs> what happened yeah. to that person?" So, so no, sometimes I'm, I'm I do get surprised. Perspective. Yeah, yeah. So that gives me peace if like, "All right, um I'm going to pray and I'm going to pay attention to those three things: faithful, available, teachable." But I want to trust that God if 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 God is kind of prompting me like, "Hey, go spend some time with them." You know, I want to be cautious on, you know, if I don't see it yet. I'm, I want to be willing to trust, God. okay, God, I'm going to trust you. Because I've seen that enough to sometimes you get really surprised, which is fun. And so sometimes you see God develop that faithfulness and that availability and that teachability in someone that they don't quite have it right now. Um, but yet God's really doing something there. And so even though we can't see it in the beginning, you start seeing that change really quick. And that's fun. And that's exciting. Yeah. No, that's But I, but yeah, I have be- been...
1: That's the tension, right? Like, I think you nailed it right on the head. Yes. It's the tension of, man, okay, I, I'm a good looking word. for this. That's exactly. But I'm also, you know, playing that out in the tension of, but I'm also obedient. And so, God, this may not make sense. Like you're saying, I love it, man. Like, okay, <laughs> this this guy doesn't really, really this... are you sure, God? Like, I, I don't know, yeah. man. I mean, I'm trying to spend time with him, but it's just hard. But yeah, you're right, man. Yeah.
0: Right. And it's kind of cool, too, because i Okay. To your point, I do feel like I've had freedom in times where, um, you give someone an opportunity and, you know, you keep trying and there comes a point where you kind of come to peace with, okay, like I'm not going to take any more initiative there. Yeah. Um, Right. If they really, if they really want to see this, I think it's, it, the ball's in their court now. And I I think there's times where God's spirit does that and says, it's okay. Like just, you, you, you did what I asked you now, you know, I'm waiting on them. You know, you kind of, so there's been those moments for sure. Um, cause there's a point in it where you can't, I mean, that's the wisdom of the tension. And I love how you said that, right? Like, that's exactly right. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not always cookie cutter, but I think you pay attention and you kind of just be sensitive to God's spirit in those situations. And you got to be willing to, to kind of trust and watch closely because things change and people change and, you know, some people, I mean, it's all, you know, there's so many facets to it. Right. Um, so
1: yeah, no, that's it, man. Um, and then I guess uh, the second part of my question is, okay, so you found someone that you feel like, man, God wants you to invest in, uh, or, or hopefully a few people. Uh, because Justin, I'll mm. just sneak this in there. What I like to do, I'll definitely spend time one-on-one with people, of course. But mm. man, as I've been on the campus longer, I just love meeting with with groups of guys. So. Mm. Uh, you know not and also like I said I'll take some one-on-one time for sure to spend but I'd say the majority of my time would be with two or three other guys together in a group man to me that that just works so again like I'll definitely spend one-on-one time with each of those guys but a lot of time I spend is in the group uh setting as well so I just want to slide that in there but let's say you find no that's one or oh go ahead man I didn't know if you had
0: a no well I'm gonna say I think that's good for people to hear because it kind of breaks down the, uh, you know, there, there's some worlds where like discipleship is this, but what I think we're both communicating is it's a lot of things and it happens in a variety of settings. And, yeah. and Hey, you know what, what I hear you saying is, you know what I do this sometimes, but what I really like is this, well, you got to run with that because sure. God's giving you an excitement for that. He's kind of giving you a, you know, and I'm kind of like you, man, I, I actually, in the same way, I love that. There's a dynamic there. That's really, mm-hmm. really cool. But
1: so yeah, Sorry, so let's good, say, you were... no, 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 that's good, man. And, and I love what you said there, but I would say, let's say you find one or a couple other people that you want to start meeting with. Uh, and so you're like, well, what should I do? How should I begin to disciple? And so I go mm. back, man. So I would combine the formal and the informal. And so I would say the formal is a great foundation. Like I think you, I would say almost, you have to have some type of formal meeting that occurs on a semi-regular basis. So if that's a yep. weekly lunch or if that's an every other week thing that you do, I want to I wanna let it go by longer than that. But, you know, I would encourage mm-hmm. you to have a semi-formal meeting. And I like to do weekly, um, especially with, with freshmen, sophomores in college. Mm-hmm. Like they need that time. Um, but I would say it's a weekly meeting. Uh, for the formal session and what that weekly meeting looks like. And it can look like a lot of different things again, as we've said, mm-hmm. but I would say yeah. there's a few things that I have found over the years that I want to incorporate and in, in meetings usually going to be, you know, let's say around an hour long weekly for the formal setting. There's a few things that I always am trying to incorporate into those meetings that I have with these guys on a formal setting. So we're going to do, you know, three main things when we gather together for that formal time, we're gonna hang out, of course, and you know, just chat, right? Like some of the time's just gonna spend catching up, seeing how these mm-hmm. guys are doing, uh, and then when we get into it, a couple of things that we're doing that i found really helpful that can help guys grow is, man, we're gonna okay. memorize scripture together. Number one, mm. uh, so that means weekly we're gonna have a verse or two that we're gonna memorize, and we're gonna hold each other accountable to to hide God's word in our heart. Uh, I think mm. that's critical. Again, and over the past year, sometimes I've let this slip, but this year I'm making an intentional effort to really get back to doing this. And man, it's been showing a lot
0: of yeah. some So, the guys I
1: meeting with. So, I want to help us memorize Scripture together. Number one, uh, number two, and this is a central piece of what happens when we meet together: is we want to study the Word. Uh, we want to to help the Bible be central to how we're growing. So I don't want it to be Jared's Mm -hmm. opinions or Jared's thoughts or Jared's wisdom. I want it to be Mm -hmm. God's word and God's truth that's leading our discussion and helping us grow. And so we're going to get into the word. So sometimes that means we're going to pick a passage out and we're going to study it right there together. and We're going to draw application from it to change our life. Um, Or sometimes what it can mean is that we're holding each other accountable to read scripture throughout the week. And then when we gather together for our formal discipleship time, we're going to talk about what God has taught us throughout the week. Mm -hmm. Um, So either one of those things I think can work. uh, And I found them both to be fruitful. And then the last number three thing that I found effective that I try to incorporate when we do a formal time is we try to do some type of evangelism accountability uh, Mm -hmm. where we take 10 minutes, let's say, and we're talking about, all right, guys, uh, let's let's talk about it. who are you praying for in your life right now that doesn't know Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so we each have a list of people that we're praying for. And then the follow-up question is, okay, how does God want you to serve them or share with them this week? Mm. How does God want you to serve or share with them this week? So, you know, maybe that's taking them to lunch. Maybe that's, you know, playing basketball with them. Maybe it's, okay, I'm going to sit down and really talk to them about the gospel or Mm. I'm going to ask them a spiritual question and try to bring it up. But I found, again, this to be a key component as well, because what I want to do is continue to keep lost people on the front of their minds uh, to continue the mission of Christ, right? I mean, part of that Mm. great commission is sharing. And so those are kind of some elements that I incorporate into kind of a formal meeting time together. And I mean, there's other things obviously that you can do, other formats that you can, you know, kind of pick out, but those are some of the things that have been really effective for me over the past several years.
0: Well, and Um, one thing I love that you're doing is, um, just God's word, right? Like, yeah, I mean, let it, like, I love that. And you're right, because so many times I think we can put pressure, like, man, I got to come up with, you know, what am I supposed to just, let's just read the Bible, you know, let's just. Let's just see what God's word is saying here. Hey, let's memorize some scripture. Let's get real crazy and memorize. Let's hide let's do what it said in Psalm 119:11. Let's let's hide it in our heart. That's it. And uh and see what we learn this week. And um, you know, that's awesome, man. I love it. That's great, man. I appreciate you sharing those things.
1: For sure, for sure. And then, you know, so that formal is the uh kind of the baseline foundation, but then I'd say um like we talked about earlier, man, then start to try to find some informal time as well. So you're going to meet that hour a week or whatever it is. But man, if you really, I think want to follow Jesus's model of discipleship, think about, I mean, this word has I think been a lot overused, but I think, you know, life on life discipleship, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. People use that a lot, whatever, but I mean, but you gotta uh, be together. Exactly. You have to yeah. live life together, right? Like yeah. Jesus literally lived, walked, slept, ate, with these 12 guys for three years, okay? So just think, obviously, in our society, in our culture, we're we're probably not gonna be able to do it to that extent, but what are some ways that you can start to incorporate that philosophy, that lifestyle yep. into your own life? So if that's eating more meals together, taking up hobbies to do together, inviting mm-hmm. people over to your house just to spend time with stuff that you have to do already, whether that's hanging out with the kids or laundry or going to the t-ball game, like try to get creative in how you can help you guys experience life together, build that relationship and then also incorporate, man, just some time to do discipleship together during
0: those times Mm. as well. I like that, man. That's good stuff. Well, man, I appreciate you. Do you have anything else? uh, Just as far as it pertains, I'm with you. I think this could be a, uh, we could have multiple episodes on discipleship because it's such a fun conversation. There's so many things to talk about, but is there anything else you want to be sure that maybe you didn't have the chance to share that you wanted to to be sure to have the opportunity to speak on when it comes to discipleship?
1: Man, I think the, that's the main stuff. I think this is a great starting point. And uh, Myrick, I got to give a shout out to a guy, uh, Grayson Come Stevens. On. I think you know Grayson. You may have met him before. Mm-hmm. He's at Henderson State. He's a baseball player here. He listens to the pod every week. And so, Are you I had, serious? Had to give my guy a shout out, man. He loves the pod. So. Oh,
0: that's right. No, yeah, I met but, him. That's but, right, yeah, dude. I, that's I, awesome.
1: You, right, he started. I did the first. He's from Pottsville. but man, he's a guy who I just bragged on for a second, man. But uh, since he got here as a freshman, um, man, we've we've discipled him. We have worked with him, uh, and God's really, man, just sprouted this guy up like a weed, man. It's crazy. Yeah, that's he's, awesome. He's sharing the gospel like crazy, like almost. Uh, definitely weekly and maybe daily like i'm not kidding oh, you, awesome. this guy's out there on fire on that's the campus. really cool man he's discipling guys and they're they're uh their small group on the baseball team that actually meets on thursday night so they're getting after it so i had to give him a shout out man and he Come on. he loves you he loves the podcast and he really man appreciates first russellville man he's
0: well he's loving man, being there. His, a lot, his family's
1: there as well so just give you guys a shout. That's out. that's awesome
0: too. well man that's awesome and um I just that's such encouraging news, man. I'm I'm grateful to hear that, and you know it's just cool um, hearing it and hearing good news, and grateful for you and the investment you're making in students and just how you're passing it on. You know, you took what was happened in your life, and you, you know, it's funny because we can do one or two things with that. It was like, you know, here's this guy comes along and blesses you with all that, and you could be like, hi, cool, thanks, and then just take that and leave it. But instead, you're like, no, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn around and pay it forward. I'm going to, I'm going to do the same with others. Yeah, I think that's kind of the point of it all. Right. And, um, I know, uh, I know that's so awesome, man. And so I'm, I'm grateful for the role you have and man, for the times we get to connect and, you know, just appreciate it. So thanks so much for joining today.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it.
0: All right. Well, until next time. Uh, thanks so much for listening. I do hope and pray that you heard some things that will encourage you when it comes to discipleship. And of course, if you have questions, you can shoot me or Jared an email, a text. We are uh, Jared. I don't know if I can speak for you, but I, I'm sure you'd be open to to having more discussion about, am, about discipleship. Yes. So uh, we're here to help you. Um, but hopefully, and prayerfully, this was uh, encouraging to you in your walk as you um, pursue uh, what discipleship looks like for your life. So. Well, thank you guys for listening. Until next time, I'm Justin Myrick, encouraging us all to stay connected to church, connected to each other, and most importantly, connected to the guy we love and serve. God bless.